and Lori, hi. <laughs> All these years we keep doing this. You know, but I I was shocked to discover that it has been six years, which is the longest span we well five because you performed in New uh, in L.A. in my living room in 2018. But that's the longest stretch we've gone since I've met you. I know it's so true. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. So there's so much to catch up on and what you've been doing and the music you've got out and what you've got coming up at Carnegie Hall and all of this. But I I want to go back and I. I just, how, how did I come across, how did you come across me and how did we start this relationship? You know, I think that I, I know it was online and I know I read about your women who write and I was so interested in it. And then I wanted to reach out to you to see if I could maybe read one of my lyrics, like in a poem form. And uh, you were a little hesitant at first. And then um, I told you that I was a singer songwriter. And then I think maybe you looked me up and then you went. Yeah, I just do. I do this little singer songwriter. Thing. Oh, I dabble. I, I dabble a little. I dabble a little. And I looked you up and I was like, oh my God. And I was like, there's no way I'm letting you read your poem. You have to perform. And we had never had music. You were the very first musician to play and it was actually in new york you you for some reason you were going to be in new york and so was i because yeah that's right and we were at your mother's condo we were at my mother's co-op in a in a, in a room upstairs and um uh um judy gold the comedian was was her was there but but and but then the very next month you came to my living room in LA and you were the first music in LA as well. That's right. That's amazing. Which is crazy. And, uh, and, and then you have done it a few times and you came up when, when Mike Nesmith, God uh, rest his soul, had us come up to Big Sur. You and Joe made the schlep and you guys came up to Big Sur. You came it. with me to the streets of Burbank for Lit Crawl. With Kathy Ladman. With Kathy Ladman. Yeah. You are literally the only person, <laughs> the only artist who has done every single venue I've ever done. And then in Hollywood, right? The Zinnia. Z oh, Z yes. And you did, you did Zinnia TV with me. Oh, yes, you did Zinnia TV. <laughs> okay. So, so now let's talk about, I don't, I don't even know where to be. First, I want to, I don't know if you know, we, I was going live every day during the pandemic at the beginning because I had no nothing to do and nowhere to go. What did, what did you and Joe, what were you guys doing when, when it all hit, were yeah. you in the middle of something? What were you doing then? I was, I had just released something I had worked so hard on. Oh I, no. The arrangements to, um, I worked with my cellist and we did all the string arrangements and brought in um, a, a string quartet from the Netherlands called the Matangi Quartet. I had done an album with them, half recorded in LA, half recorded there. We had just done Carnegie Hall together. I brought them to Carnegie Hall. And it and then the pandemic hit just as the album came out, which is called The Girl and the Cat. And I swear, Vicky, if there is a piece of work that I truly connect most to, it was it's that one because I did it without any judgment I just wrote and wrote and wrote I um I, and I did it for me I said exactly what I needed to say and a lot of it had to do with um uh 
addiction, my daughter, um, and that's what the girl and the cat is about. Ah, uh, how, how okay? I was I've been listening to to it for many days now. How 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 so? Um, the well, girl and the cat. You don't exactly think of addiction when you think of the girl and the cat, right? But the song goes. Um, um, the the girl went. Oh God, how's it go? Uh, I'm blanking even on the lyric, but it's about a girl who is living at home, and the cat. She goes away, and the cat also um, loses his life, and they were one in the same to me, and mm-hmm. um, I sneak past her room, and past the needles and the lies, and. Um, off with it, it goes off with the trash, and so does my world. And it's about a mother wrestling with finding herself in the wake of her daughter's path. And the song goes on that they lose touch, and that she hopes the mother hopes that she's doing well. And she hears that she's, and this is fictional. She hears that she's pregnant. She hears that she's doing well. And uh, it the the it's paraphrased by, you know, I miss, you know, sitting on the couch watching Oprah, the girl, the cat, and me. And it ends with sitting on the sofa. Um, I miss watching Oprah the, and it's the chair, the lamp, and me. It, it's a heavy song. I'm sorry, I can't really paraphrase it. And um, my daughter's how, doing great. I was going to say, how is your daughter with it? Doing, um, she said it was okay because it's slightly fictional and she's mm-hmm. do, she's doing well. She really is. She's a functioning, great tattoo artist here in Venice and travels the world. And she's really doing really, really well. But for me, it was a struggle, you know, way back from when she was 18 and all of that and so, you know, it's... It, and this is not something you've ever had. An, you've never had an addiction issue, have you, Lori? I have not. My husband, Joe, though, is sober now, 35 years, but I didn't know him. Yeah, I know. But I didn't know him then. Um, one time, actually, we were in Hawaii and his um, his ear closed up, his ear canal, and he mm-hmm. we had to go to the hospital and he was, they gave him some pain meds. And I swear he became like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, oh my god! I'm like, so glad I didn't know him then. It's like I don't care what fucking pain you're in. You, you know, you're never doing that again. But he's very, you know, he won't take cough medicine and all of that stuff, and works his program well. But um, I never, <laughs> I never had that. You know, I'm one of those Vicky that. You know, um, does it run in your family? Did did it skip a generation? Did was it, it your parents, your grandparents? No, no, no one in my family has mm-hmm. that, and no one in her father's family has that issue either. So interesting, yeah. So it's kind of a new thing, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But I have you know a lot of experience with Al-Anon and and all of that stuff. So. Anyway, that's I. what I did during the pandemic is I sobbed about the fact that I couldn't promote this album, which. Meant- and so what did you do? So so how have you handled getting it out there now? Well, it, it did what it did, you know, mm-hmm. and I perform it and uh, and I, I, you know, just hope that people will listen to it because it just means so much included in that album is 
um, Don, the song "Empty Chairs," the song that I heard at the at the Troubadour that Don McLean did, that I wrote a poem on a napkin after you know not knowing who he is and feeling like he was singing about me and my life, and then I I wrote a poem about that experience, which became that song. Okay, we have to tell we have to talk about it because there are people here that don't know the story, and you know what's so thrilling to me is that you're finally being vindicated I know. Um, after so many years um, that it's finally out in the world. And although it really pisses me off that you don't have a share of the royalties, this is not okay. This oh, is not okay. No, you know, it's funny. I'm happy that it's out in the world. And then I kind of hate that people know that I got screwed over. It kind of feels bad. So it's kind really? of like your yeah, but story. I kind of, I don't know. I I, uh, I I I find myself like, yeah. It's like, should I have kept that a secret? You know. Um, but you know, it's a cautionary tale. It's it's what what young artists do when they give things away without without thinking and without and with feeling like, oh, there'll be more of that. Don't worry. You know. That- so maybe that maybe this is it's worth it because you can share that story and maybe you can prevent somebody from making the mistake. So what, how old were you, Lori, when this was all going on? Two. No, I was, <laughs> I was, I was uh, 19. Mm-hmm. And the story is that, you know, I uh, had a deal with Capitol records uh, and a production deal through these two producers, Norman Gimbel, Charles Fox, and the contract with them. And was- how did you get that? Here you are, a young girl in Los. How did you get a? How did you get a deal at, at such a young age? No, because you know I was born in Switzerland. I mean, I was born in L.A., but grew up. But in raised Switzerland. right. So how did you come to have you know, a deal? Um, it was actually my my pediatrician. <laughs> said, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> let me test your reflexes and by the way there's my pediatrician and he he said um so you want to be a singer and I said you know I I want I'd love to either that or a gym teacher <laughs> and he said uh well my next door neighbor is a lyricist named Norman Gimbel why don't I put you in touch with him and how so- old were you at this point like 18 you know, fresh out of and had you and and had you I, I imagine you took piano lessons as a as a kid did you oh, some you know some lessons really bad at lessons you know I, I you know and I, I'm sure that you know your snuffy could uh, attest to you know he doesn't read music he took he doesn't know it no he does he none doesn't? of that and he does scores? not he does I not read, he does <laughs> not read music so how did you how did you play guitar how did you come to guitar well I taught myself and growing up in Switzerland I'm left-handed so I taught myself left-handed oh my backwards, gosh and then I realized well that won't work so now I do play right-handed but I did take some guitar lessons, three of them, with Barney Kessel, who is this amazing jazz um, uh, guitarist. And after the third lesson, he said, "Okay, so let's talk about, you know, your homework and how you did. And I said, well, I I," goes, Lori, this is not going to work. You know, you're kind of wasting my time. And I went, oh, okay. oh my God. So anyway, and so who, are you, who are you listening to? Like, who did you, who, who were your heroes? Who were your idols when you well, were playing? Okay. You know, 
Joni, I mean, I started playing when I was 15 and in mm -hmm. Switzerland, I swear there was no one in Switzerland who played the guitar. I mean, that's not true. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. There was no one who was recording mainly playing guitar. So okay. years, years before, but mm -hmm. my influences once I got more serious were of course, James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, Judy Collins, you know, that was like, you know, the, the thing. And um, so I came out to LA, my pediatrician said, let me introduce you to uh, Norman Gimbel. And I met him and he and his partner, Charles Fox, were looking for a singer to produce, manage, um, publish, um, uh, write for. Okay, wait, had you Ever. taken singing lessons? No. Mm -mm. No singing lessons. Had you started writing? Yeah, badly, but I, I did. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was writing from when I was like 13 mm -hmm. songs like, but I was young, so young is having fun, such a sin, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I love that there's a New York accent in there somehow too. <laughs> so, so, so are you singing Racking in choir? <laughs> are you, are you singing in choir? Are you in school plays? Where, where is your voice developing here? Oh, well, actually I was in a band in high school in Switzerland called the ultraviolet blues. And I did okay. sing, you know, some season of the witch, you know, and, uh, and some Al Cooper stuff, which really didn't suit me well, but I, I did that. Then I went to college two years and I was, it was an all girls school. The only one I could get into Pine Manor in Boston. And uh, I, I was Oliver and Oliver. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more, you know. First Broadway show I ever saw. That's a great show, but it was an all girls production. Of, that's an interesting show to choose in an all girls school since it's almost all boys. <laughs> well, bye, this wonderful. Yeah. I know. Do you know I saw Davy Jones as the Arkell Dodger? I did. Oh, you are lucky. I'm oh, that is this. wonderful. It was a yes. great play. Great play. And, okay, so you did that. And so the Fantastics. I was, you know, well, I, in that. Then I came to LA and sort of, you know, it was a bad summer of wondering what I was going to do when I met Norman Gimbel. But I was playing and my, uh, I was writing songs with this woman named Michelle Willens, and uh, we wrote something for Daniel Ellsberg and performed it at the sports arena for him. And so I was starting to, you know, kind of develop as a singer songwriter. When I met him, he introduced me to his partner. I auditioned for them and that's where we started to woodshed and they got the deal with Capitol Records, 71. Is this boring for your audience? This is so not, this is, this is not, no, this is not boring. No, this is not boring at all. This is like, how did somebody have this trajectory? How did this happen? And especially because your story gets very interesting because these people that took you under their wing, it ends up, okay. So what, okay. So they take you under their wing, they sign you. Yeah, to an all-encompassing, you know, uh, contract that would not hold up today. It wouldn't. Um, but I was so well, how, how so? Why? Because of the all-encompassing nature of it, and the percentages, and the time frame. And Is it true that they were getting like twenty percent? They were getting like a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, there mm -hmm. was a, a lot of that, and um, and again, you know, I, I was just fresh out of you know 
junior college and then Switzerland. So I was just so happy. And they were wonderful. You know, they were well known for, I mean, Charlie Fox had done a lot of TV stuff love American style and, 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 and some movies and Norman Gimbel, who was older than I, um, uh, he had done as a lyricist, um, everything from, I love him. I love him. And where he, he did that. And he did Canadian sunset. He did girl from Ipanema. Wow. All of those, you know, Brazilian things. And, uh, so when they wanted to write for me, I thought, well, this is amazing. And, and, it wasn't long before I started a personal relationship with Norman Gimbel. Um, I wish I'd had just one boyfriend before that. So I would have known that. <laughs> but I was just totally smitten and this went on and it was a secret relationship, which really mm-hmm. got in the way of the professional thing. It became a, a very dysfunctional, awful relationship. So when I wanted, mm-hmm. I, so I go to the troubadour, with my friend, Michelle Willens, the writer that I was writing with, who said, you've got to hear this, the singer. And you didn't know Don McLean at that point. I don't really think I did. I don't mm-hmm. think I did. I hadn't, I, I saw. Wait, uh, wasn't American Pie like a huge hit at that, or not yet? I don't think it was yet. It wasn't yet because, um, because I don't recall him performing that. He was performing uh, Empty Chairs. And from an album that had Castles in the Air. Remember that song? Anyway, so Mickey, I call her Mickey, said, come come out to the Troubadour and I want you to see uh, the singer. And I was reluctant because I was going through another breakup with Norman Gimbel and, you know, just wanted to stay in my apartment. But anyway, I, I go with her and I'm sitting there expecting nothing. And he's alone with his guitar and he starts to sing uh, Empty Chairs, this song. And I feel like he's singing about me and my life. I feel like no one in the audience exists. And, you know, it's Do you a, have a crush on him, Lori? Like while he's like, him. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Come like, on. <laughs> didn't really notice me at all. Oh, he was, you know, back then he was wonderful. And he, you know, absolutely. And, uh, but, uh, Anyway, so I wrote a poem on a napkin about seeing the singer I hadn't heard of. And he was singing about me and my life. And, you know, I felt that, you know, they were reading my, he was reading my letters or reading my diary. (laughs) When I get home, um, I called Norman Gimbel. We had one more song to do on an album for Capitol. And I said, I've gone to this club. I have this poem. And he said, well, let me hear it. And I read the poem to him. And over the next few days, we would shed it over this poem. Where were you sitting? Where you, you know, what were you thinking? And, you know, what were you feeling? And, uh, and we made the lyric just right. And he already, however, had the title killing, killing me softly with his blues. And he had that from a book from an Argentinian um, author. So he thought this experience would go well with killing me softly with his, which blues. by the way, if he would have kept killing me softly with his blues, it would not have been a hit at all. Really? No, that's just wrong. That's just, that, that just does not run off the tongue at all. I agree. I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. And so, and so when we met with Charlie Fox, who did the music, um, it was a little, the melody was a, a tad different. Um, and also I talked them into not blues, but song. And in addition, the song had um, 
it, it had a it had a middle section. It was at the time of um of MacArthur Park. You know, someone left the cake in the you know, the uh-huh. and and remember when it goes, it was kind of bookending this middle section. Well, that's what they wanted to do with "Killing Me Softly." They wanted to put another song called "Back to Before," which I had done on my first, which I also was on this first album, and put that in the middle of it. So it was this really long. <laughs> endless song with this other piece in the middle and I talked them out of that and so uh-huh. they kind of brought it together but I was you know it was so this movie. was what's called a collaboration I know right <laughs> so I just think I just didn't think though I I felt like um it really wasn't until the Grammy Awards when Roberta Flack who heard my version on an airplane my my version was starting to creep up Okay, wait, wait, before you get to Robert, before you get to when you realize, so, so you're, you're, you're creating this song. Yeah, it's going to be the last song on your album. Yeah, You record it. It goes to the label. And it, it starts that song starts to get airplay. Yeah, it does. Okay. And, and, uh, and then my whole album was on the cover of American Airlines, you know, uh, and it wow, fun in flight, and then with a picture, <laughs> wow, fun with a picture of me, and then inside were like my whole album would play, and as she tells it, she listened to this song, "Killing Me Softly," with his song was the title of it, and she listened to it and over and over through the duration of a flight from L.A. to New York. And um, and wrote down, you know, scribbled down the the chord changes and and loved it. And when she landed, she said to her producer, Joel Doran, I really I really like this song and I want to record it. And she sang it live at the end of her uh, one of her concerts. And Quincy Jones said to her, Ro, don't sing that dang song one more time before you record it. And yeah, because the audience went nuts from they what really I did. Yeah. yeah, they really did. And so um she did record it and knocked mine off the charts and it became, you know, a really life-changing um experience. Okay, so now oh, you record it. At that time, are they taking all your publishing with everything? Is that why you get nothing? They're taking all your publishing with everything, everything, everything. everything. And again, it wasn't until the Grammy Awards when I'm sitting there in the audience and they go up and she wins record of the year and song of the year and they go up and I think, well, maybe they're going to say, you know, and thanks to Lori, you know, but they didn't, they just leaned into the mic and just said, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And that was the end. And I started to feel like, Oh, I felt invisible. And she waved to me from a distance, although she doesn't remember that. And I, I just started to feel, Ooh, and then they didn't want me to talk about how the song. Okay. Wait, was there any press at the time? Um, because Don McLean did know back in 73 that, that he inspired the song, correct? Yeah, he did know. Mm-hmm. And how did he come to know that? Do you know? Um, I think just through publicity and a lot of stories. I mean, I was told by my managers, by them to not discuss it. I think they didn't want it to sully the success of Roberta um, and her, I mean, of her version. 
And, um, but my friend said, you better talk about that. And so I did. That's my story and blah, blah, blah. And because of that, then it got a lot of um, traction and he found out about it and, um, and it became, it became kind of a thing. It became part of his story. So from what I read today, which I don't think I knew before, Fox told it, it, they get, they allowed you to kind of have it out in the world that you yeah. had written this poem until yeah. like 1997. Why did they have this change of heart? Do you know? I know. And, 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 and to expand on that, it was that, you know, I was okay when I was singing on stage, but when I would talk, um, I was the worst. I, I would just climb. <laughs> panic attacks you know just panic like what am I doing here and why are you looking at me this you know horrible and so I did a couple of performances early on with that and I was just like oh you know and then I would sing and they went they they said Charlie and Norman we, we got to do something you know we got to do something we got to write her her song you know her patter in between the songs and I was grateful however their patter because they were older than I um was you know very stilted it was like young people today <laughs> And then I would say something like, you know, I reflect on the, <laughs> you know, I just like, I was such a, you know, anyway, and killing me softly, they wrote, and I've said it a thousand, a million times. This next song was written, uh, written after I went to see Don McLean in concert. I wrote a poem on a napkin and I felt like he was singing me and my life. And that's what this song is. And I said that a thousand times. I mean, on TV shows and on in print and every- you were on my do- in fact Tony's Mike talking Douglas. about Mike Douglas you talk about it on Mike Douglas right yeah yeah <laughs> that was such a panic attack there I could hardly move my face <laughs> ever watched that online <laughs> I thought I'm not going to get through this I'm not going to come on Lori like in my my inner thought is just push on Lori just push on <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. So I said it so many times, but in 97, when the Fugees came out with it uh-huh. and also before that I had wanted out of my contract, the personal relationship was really, you were not- still with them all those years. No, it was, it was a, the contract was a four year contract with a five year extension. And uh, my my relationship was uh, was about three years. So into the fourth year, even though I had already signed the extension, I wanted out. Uh, the relationship was bad, <clears throat> and I wanted out of the contracts. And when I told them this, um, they actually got lawyers involved uh. and prevented me from recording for the next. Uh, five years and uh, wanted $250,000 of back pay that they said I owed them. And uh, it was just terrible. You didn't, and please tell me you didn't end up giving them money. I did not. But what I ended up doing is staying out of the public eye during those formative years. So from, you know, I had five albums out on Capitol records and uh, the last one was like 70. I want to say 74. I didn't record again 
till 78, 79. And all mm-hmm. those years, you know, was um, very painful. And it was lawyers. I was, I, I had no money. I was living with my mother and it, it was not good, not good. And I, um, it was, it was tough. So anyway, in 97, Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. I wanted was really just, you know, let's just talk about how the song was written. Um, And they said, no, no, no. She had nothing to do with it. By now I had three kids. They were in the backseat of my car and, and they thought I was a big deal. And on MTV, the (laughs) pop-up, you know, well, it was originally Lori Lieberman. So they thought I was a big deal. And However, Charlie and Norman said, no, 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 no. That's not how it was written. We wrote the song like we did all of her other ones. And um, and because they are who they are and they've done all this other stuff, they're believed. Is that what happens? I, I think. I, but there's I, so much documentation, though. It is. But they said, and no, and the deal is we wrote the song. Lori heard it. And she related to it and to the time that she went to a Don McLean concert. But I have to tell you. Cut to many years later after that, I was going to release the best of, and I think this was like 2001, and it did include some of my early songs and Killing Me Softly, and I had to go see Norman Gimbel with my husband, Joe. We went to see him in Santa Barbara, and Gimbel said to both Joe and me, you know, I really don't know what it was about that concert that moved me so much when I saw (gasps) Stop. He deluded himself to thinking oh, that he was there. I know. I said, Norman, you weren't even there. Oh, I was there. I, but he wasn't there. And I just felt like I oh. really, the credit is long. It, it, it's what it is, but God, I just don't want to be, I just wanted my story to be told. I didn't want to be perceived as a big liar. And I must say that for a while people said, oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, and maybe not. We'll never really know the truth. I'm like, oh God. But after Alicia Keys was on the Grammy Awards, do you remember when she was sitting there with both pianos and yes. she was singing songs she wished that she had written? Yes. How great yes. she was. And I- and she sang Killing Me Softly. I and remember that. After after she did that on USA Today, they said, and Lelisha Keys performed Lori Lieberman's Killing Me Softly. And for me, it was such vindication. And from that, it's now on, you know, if you if anybody Googles the song or whatever, it's in collaboration with. Absolutely. It's all, all over. Friggin' care about. It's all over. Yeah, it's all over. And it's all over by the way, I feel a lot of closure. And um, I hope that, you know, uh, on my epitaph, it won't just say, but I know it will. <laughs> Lori Lieberman, the girl who was screwed over my, <laughs> no. I know it, even though I've done, you know, whatever, but no, it's not going to say that, but hopefully it will give you credit, uh, collaboration credit for the song. So, yeah. so, um, so now when you're introduced, you have clear reign to say these words without there being any repercussions. Did they ever try to gag order you in the last many years? 
No, but they tried to with uh, Don McLean. Okay, so I read that too. They yeah. tried to get him to take it off his website. Yeah, Norman he... Campbell um, reached out to him and said, we have you know lawyers and I want you. By that time, Don had already released a book called Killing Them Softly <laughs> With My Songs. <laughs> And they said, you better not talk about it anymore. We're going to, you know, and he and Don is, Don's tough, you know. And uh, and he just said, you know, get the F out of my face. And uh, that's all. Norman kind of crept, crept back into his. Well, car. and he also, uh, from what I read today, he had proof yeah. in Norman's own words. That's true. On a, In the newspaper, there is a thing where he said, in countless articles, actually, Gimbel is saying, oh, yeah, we took this from Lori and she's a very young singer and blah, blah, blah. Um, Don has been a real champion of mine. Like, you got to, you know, and, and I'm like, so many years have passed. No, I, I really don't want to. I, I, um, nor do I. Have you ever bad. sang it for him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've sent it to him. And, you know, yeah, I have. And how about with Roberta? Um, the last time we met, which was, <laughs> you hadn't had. But I've seen a picture of the two of you together. Yeah. You've, you've. Yes, I did. So in 2019, when the Matangi Quartet came out for Carnegie, um, I asked if, actually, she reached out to me and asked if I would be a part of her documentary. And I asked if she could come to the concert. But it turns out, and I can be open about it now because she is, that she wasn't well. Mm -hmm. And when I, uh, they did arrange a meeting and that's where those photos were uh, taken. And I went to her um, assisted living place in New York. And, um, and she looked at me when I walked in, you know, just, and uh, I went up to her and I, I just said, it's, it's Lori Lieberman. And, and she just looked, and I said, you know, killing me softly. I heard he sang a good song. And she said, I can't talk. And I said, that's okay. That's, that's okay. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I'll sing for you. And, and I sang and then she started to kind of smile and then she started to cry. And then she oh. talked about her nails. I did them myself. And I said, that's beautiful. And, and then um, she just looked at me and she said, Lori Lieberman, so long. It's been so long. I have goosebumps. You know, oh I my God. Too. Oh my I God. Know. It's brief, but it meant so much to me. And how and wonderful that you got to have that experience. I know it. I know it. It means so much. And um it, yeah, she she was she was fierce and an incredible talent. And uh, you know, it's a I you know, I just hope she's at peace, you know. It's a tough time she's having for sure. I didn't, I didn't know this about her. Um, yeah, she has ALS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's talked about it. So I feel I could. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. before we move on, you know, I, I, I listen to your version all the time ad nauseum. It doesn't make me nauseous. It's fantastic. It's, it's the <laughs> furthest thing from it. But today I also made myself listen to the other two versions because I was like, okay, let, let me remember, because they're all wonderful in their own way. But there's something about a songwriter singing their own song that is, I remember the first time you sang it in my, in well, it wasn't in my living room, it was in my mother's, whatever that was. And then <laughs> you sang it in my living room and you sang, would you sing it for us? 
I will. I hope you'll be able to hear this. Does this, can you hear that, Vicki? Yes. Okay, I'm going to move it really close. And I hope, okay, good. I hope this, this camera doesn't go right up my nostrils. <laughs> no, you look great. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Okay, so here I go. And stop me if you can't hear it. I heard you say good song. I heard how to start. And so I came to see to listen for a while. And there he was, this young boy, a stranger to my eyes, strumming my pain with his fingers, singing with his words, killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song, telling my whole life with his words, killing me softly with his song. I felt all flushed with fever, embarrassed by the crowd. I felt he found my letters, read each one out I prayed that he would finish, but he just kept right on streaming his fingers, singing his words, killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song, with his words, killing with his song he sang as if he knew in all my dark despair and then he looked right through me as if I wasn't there but he was there this strange singing clear and strong, streaming his fingers, singing with his words, killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song. Telling my whole life with his words, killing me softly with his song. Ay, 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 ay. You, you, it, it, you kill me every time you you perform it. It's just oh. so beautiful. Oh, thank you. There's nothing like you singing it. There's just <laughs> so nothing much. like it. Thank you. You know, at um, at Carnegie coming up, I do a I I first sing at the piano. Um, I do empty chairs, and then it segues on piano into um killing me softly so i haven't played it on the guitar for a little bit but um yeah that what a great way to to present it 
um yeah first what what inspired it and then to go into it that oh that's perfect to get I, I want you to play it all I want a concert right now but I'm not going to do that to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have you play something new um um the girl and the cat maybe what well let's talk some more so t- let's talk about Carnegie Hall how the hell I mean we'll talk about the things in between but come on what is it like the first time you do Carnegie Hall terrifying Just oh my terrifying. god I know absolutely terrifying and I and wonderful you know and this is my now my third time and it's at this you know, Carnegie has three different um, levels, uh, uh, different theaters within it. So I was at the big one. And now I'm at this very intimate, almost is like a Viennese opera house. And mm. it's going to be very intimate where it's me at the piano guitar and just I have a cellist, a, a violinist and um, and an upright bassist um, and and a special guest. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. But then, to be honest with you, I keep thinking, like my sister Kim would say, you know, wow, you know, it's coming up. It's it's next week. It's December time. Oh, God, is it December? We only have a week. And I've known about this for like six months. It's like, okay, how can I lose 10 pounds in a week? That's number one. Nobody's going to come. That's number two. And number three is, what am I going to wear? And I do that. <laughs> All right. So we're oh. doing the juice fast right now to get the oh, Thanksgiving. Which I know, you know what? It's really easy, actually. I have to say it, it's really, tell me what about chattering in your teeth and what about needing to chew something? And, and what, you know what I got it. I, it's unbelievable. I love to chew. I love to eat. This has been the easiest thing ever. We, we did it right before Thanksgiving and we started it right after it's called press. Like we go to the store, we get you get six bottles a day and it's different ones. And I'm telling you, even Snuffy's doing it. It's really easy. And easy. okay, so let's just talk about, so how much would, how much so, lost in three days? So I lost four pounds in three days when I did it the first time. And then I gained back three of them for Thanksgiving and now I'm on it again. So, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking I could do this every week for a day or maybe even two until I lose all the weight I want to lose. Cause I can't. So, but I've done, I've done cleanses for like, just done. You can, it can be done. It can be done. I feel like I'm going to just lose all my energy. You know? Not at all. It's really? it's it's a cleanse, so it's energizing. It's you, you're having you vegetables. Do a headache and at all? Any headaches? No headache. I feel fabulous. I couldn't even get myself to finish the last bottle last night. I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, I sip them all day. So a lot of water. what's in it? Like just so this one. Food? This one is is the this one has protein in it. This one has blueberry and blackberry and lemon and pea protein most of them there's a citrus one a greens one uh they're all different you have six different ones in the course of the day wow. and i'm telling you it is it it you know at first you taste it and you go ew and then by the time you get this much through the bottle there's a roots one with like beets i like them do you and i'm telling you i'm telling you it works and it's easy all easy, I remember easy. is that women who write that beautiful buffet with all that <laughs> stuff. All and I love to eat. Love, 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 love. <laughs> I don't think I could do it if Snuffy was eating. The fact that he's doing it with me makes it much easier. Yeah, that's so good. Well, maybe I'll do that. I've got I've got a week. About I'm a week. telling you, if you did it for three days, boom, four pounds. Boom, it's gone. And it just makes you feel that much 
you know, and again, you get a little bit of in you there. Look really good. You do. No, I am so I have so much I have so much more to lose than it's scary. But that's we won't go there. But all right, so 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 Carnegie Hall. Talk about the first time you walked out on that stage. It was I mean, just enthralling. It was it was incredible. It really was the the the, you know, I do find that the more people in the audience, the better. I feel, I mean, the better I do, if Ah. if it's a smaller crowd, I'm very nervous. Like I'm quite nervous now. Like, no, not with me. (laughs) (laughs) Not with me. It's true. And whoever else is watching, but I, you know, there's no one else watching. It's just us. It's just just us. Okay. Um, so, so, so I'm excited about it and, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing. And honestly, I really have not been performing much. And after the pandemic, during the pandemic, you were asking, and so what did you do during the pandemic? So you had already had this album that you finished. Yeah. But then, but then you also have truly, when, when did you do truly? So I did truly at the end of that, I did that last year came out. And it was a different thing. I felt during the pandemic, I felt that I couldn't write well. I felt that it was inauthentic. If I wrote something that was too happy, I wanted to just shoot myself. And if I wrote something too depressing, no one would want to hear that. Even I didn't want to hear that. And I wrote a lot of really depressing songs. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, I did an album where I didn't do much of the writing. I did standards and that was so fun. But during the pandemic, I think I, I, oh, I know I gardened. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I was going to say, what did you do? Okay. Yeah. I gardened and a lot, like my, my whole deal. And I, I kind of dabbled painting and I probably ate a lot. And I, I don't did know. Did you guys get COVID? I did get it, but I, I got it after I performed at the Troubadour uh, after it was kind of on its way out in October. It was like the one time I would, you know, and I, yeah. But did you get it? I didn't have a, you did? No. What? I, I'm looking for wood. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm looking for Here. wood. I need Bang wood. On Bang on this guitar. <laughs> yeah, no, no, really? no. Good for no. you. No. He doesn't have to wood. wood. Um, but yeah, no. Um, but I was so, I was COVID crazy. I mean, I just sequestered my, I just didn't do anything. But we've been traveling a lot in the last year and yes. I still know a ton of people getting COVID. I do too. I know. Yeah, I hate that. And we you get all the vaccines. Do you oh, get all the vaccines? Oh yes. I still mask on the flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you take it off when you have to eat something, right? I do. I'm a f- total fake. I, yeah. Cause we had long flights. I, I totally took <laughs> it off. You? We traveled a lot overseas and everything. And I'm really good in the beginning. And then yeah, I find myself like walking to the, you know, ladies room and I don't have my mask on. What am I thinking? I know. I I know. It's it's all crazy. So and how when you had it, it you, wasn't did you have, terrible. Oh, it, it wasn't, wasn't terrible. Really bad. But I did get that I did get that relapse. I did Ooh, did you do Paxlovid the um the Paxlovid? Mm. I did. And uh, and then it did come back, you know. But um anyway, it's God willing. It'll yeah, be- no more of that. Yeah. So, so how do you in this day and age with the pandemic, with everything change? I mean, look, I used to do this show live and in person. I used to have 50 women in my living room. Now everything is on 
yeah. line. How yeah. do you promote music? How are you going out there? And play? I mean, other than Carnegie Hall, are you getting out there? What are you doing? Are you going to tour again? What are you going to do? No, no. I don't, I'm terrible at all this. Yeah. I'm actually awful at this. This is, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, I put out an album. It did quite nicely, actually. It, it actually did. But I, I did perform a little bit, but I'm terrible at promoting my stuff. No, and I'm not out there and I'm not selling my wares and I am not. They they know where I am. If they want to, if they want my music, they'll come and find me. So uh, now you, you, you usually, you used to go to your tour in Europe that you have a, a big lot, following. You. A lot. Yeah, oh, you're not going to do that and you're not doing you don't I, wanna... I might do that I might do that yeah I did actually perform and I, do I have to talk about myself can we talk about yes that? you have to talk about yourself that's why they're here <laughs> I don't want to plug anything I'm not trying to plug anything let's talk about our lives let's... okay let's talk about our lives so t- let's talk about you and Joe so is there are people that might not know that Joseph yeah. Callie was from Saturday Night Feet was in Saturday Night Feet one of the boys Joey one of John Travolta's uh-huh. boys and now Donna Pescow has become like a treasured friend of mine is who she? I adore oh how nice She's so nice. She's so wonderful. Uh, oh, say hello for me. I absolutely will. And so that that whole thing, I mean, it's like iconic, that movie oh, and, and that. I know. How did you and Joe meet? Um, we met, we kind of lived close to each other when we both had other lives. Mm. Um, and uh, then he produced my first album after not being in the public eye for a long time. I didn't record from 78 to 94. And 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 why was that? I the music business changed. I went it it changed when I don't know if I've told the story to you before, but whatever. I, this I, is a new audience. Tell it okay. again. Okay. Hi everybody. Yes. <laughs> There's no one here. The, okay. But it, but anyway. But yeah. audience. What yeah. do you mean? It's just us. Um I went into a, a a publisher's office in 78 and music business had changed by then. I'm sorry, this was 1980 and the music mm-hmm. business had changed. It was quarter flash with the you know the shoulder pads. It oh, was yeah. all of that. And I walked. Dis- was it disco in 80? And it was disco. Mm-hmm. And yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. And my music mm-hmm. was, I was trying desperately to fit in. The reason I stopped and stayed out of it was that during this meeting, I walk into a guy I had never met. He's on the phone and he sees me come in and it's a publisher and he, you know, gives me a like a hi and then he keeps talking on the phone about a restaurant that they're going to go to and whatever and I sit I'm sitting there and I just looked at my watch and I just thought I'm going to give this I'm going to give this another minute and he was still talking without acknowledging me and I just got up and left and that was the last time get out of here I know and by the way that guy now is a realtor on Facebook and friended me (laughs) did you ever tell him the story no no Oh please! I wonder if I. Wow, he you that he had too much power. That's not good. I know, but also, I just was done, Vicky. It was a hard, you know, the business. I couldn't do it, so I was out of it. I had three children, and I was married, and uh, living in. And you probably have no regret about that. I mean, I. Oh my god! I was a full time mom, and that was a great thing. Yeah, a great thing. Honestly, Mm -hmm. the I think the happiest time of my whole life. Is there nothing better than being the most popular person in your home? <laughs> you know, the one 
the one that everybody calls out to. And I just love that so much. I, and I, I miss I, I miss the, the smell of their hair and yeah, I know that skin. Close, right? I know. I loved yeah. I loved that time. Mm-hmm. I just and by the way, I was the second person in the United States to have an in vitro um thing. The second what? person, yes, it was a ground what year was that? 1985. Wow. I know. Isn't that, and then they said, well, we've got this procedure. It's very risky. I mean, it's very low, you know, percentages. And I, I did it and, uh, and got my, my daughter, Emily. Yeah. So it was oh. like a really big deal. Um, then just like that, my son, Dan and my son, Will. That's the way that happens, right? Oh, I know. Just relax. Really? <laughs> <laughs> did you go through something like no well i i had i lost a baby uh, yeah and um hard um and i was an elder mom i didn't have harry until i was 30s i had samantha at 42 did you Um, yeah wow so yeah elder mom but um but it all it but yeah after some a few scares it, it ended up all working out but it works out the way exactly the way it's supposed to right we get the kids we're supposed to have and I, I guess so I mean I'll never forget my friend saying to me because I also struggled as you did too struggled and uh, had some things happen and, and she said Lori you're gonna have your baby here 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 or here but it's gonna happen and it would either happen through adoption or but it will happen and I just remember crying, uh, walking, you know, taking a walk and crying, seeing a box of Pampers in somebody's trash, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just that was a terrible time, a time yeah. that you know you you don't forget. And when your kids are hard won, and um, you know, I it, it's still the thank God, you know, I just thank God for them all the time. But um, so I was out of the music business for quite many many years until um joe kelly came over and recognized a a poster that i had of, and i wasn't singing or playing or doing anything if i was i was doing it in secret but he saw in secret yeah <laughs> but he saw like a poster in the hallway and he goes wow i've got that album and then why aren't you <gasps> singing and uh then he kind of got me singing again and my marriage didn't succeed and i fell in love with uh with joe you know someone who's cute nice and who believes in me and that's a recipe for i'm all in you two are a great couple you're such a loving wonderful couple he's so supportive of you and and loving and wonderful and we need more men like that in this world he is he is wonderful i i'm so uh, you know and he drives me nuts too well that's part of the package that does uh, just the way crazy too yeah but but <laughs> i love him but i don't know it's just you know it's great it's great so okay so so you guys during the pandemic so you you you, you gardened and you did yeah, what you were I probably doing probably made pies i don't know what i did it was just and, like, and so how or, much back to life for you now like to me it still doesn't it i'm not back to the way i used yeah. to live no i'm I think not definitely changed yeah. I don't, I used to go to five screenings a week. I used to go to clubs and hear music. I used yeah. to do all, I don't do those things anymore. It's really. changed us, hasn't it? I stay home a lot. I know. I know what you mean. You know what I find the, one of the biggest differences, I don't know if, if you do, but when we were all masked 
at the grocery store and walking mm-hmm. around masked, I realized, I realized how much I would smile at people coming towards me, but of course they wouldn't see that. Right. And then I stopped smiling and then I just oh. stopped. And then my face just kind of relaxed into this, you know, resting how bitch interesting. face. Interesting. <laughs> how interesting is that? No. And then when I took off the mask, I had to kind of relearn that you know, you're passing someone, there's not only eye to eye contact, but there's a hi or a hello. And it's, you know, cause I have to think about that now. Yeah. How many times was, you know, was I smiling, but nobody knew that. Yeah. Asshole. (laughs) Uh, Wow. I have to think about that now. uh, No, I think things have definitely changed since the pandemic for sure and so okay with that how do you fill Carnegie Hall you know I know although I think people are back for the most part I mean I've been to the Hollywood Bowl a number of times I've gone to shows seem to be filled up again and movies aren't I've been to the movies a few times and there are lots of empty seats at movies it seems to me I have only gone a few times but um, my doctor says, you know, it's definitely out there, but the hospitalizations are down. Right. And, you know, people aren't dying like they were. And, um, you know, my feeling is I'm just going to have a leap of faith because you certainly can't perform with a mask on. And, no. and when, and the meet and greet is going to be tricky, you know, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. I know. think most most are doing them again not everyone but there's a lot of meet and greets again I think yeah yeah yeah. I think so too yeah but um yeah it's interesting I'm 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 doing some songs at Carnegie that um I had done very early on um and you know I again was brought up in Switzerland and I had recorded a song called Switzerland but it was on the piano it was orchestrated but I kind of worked out an arrangement on the guitar and, and it'll be an interesting uh, thing. Shall I? Shall do yes, it? please. I was going to ask you. Yes. Right, I'll do it. I'll do Yay. it. Let me just make sure that this is I'll the do it. Right. Damn it. I'm, t- I'm tired of talking about myself. I'm oh. sick of it. <laughs> Here it is. Let's see. Switzerland, second, second half. So, you know, I have this snuffy probably does this too, but this is a half capo. And then this is the full one. And it puts it puts your cape for you guitar players out there. It puts it into a dad gad thing. And, you know, which is kind of cool because then you can do like a D chord and it's, and it has like the lower. So anyway, that's a little, little, a little, a little, a little guitar geek information. Guitar I like that. That's the extent <laughs> of my lessons. <laughs> so, okay. So this is um, Switzerland. Can you hear this? Not fabulously, but enough to, for for us to enjoy the song. How about now? Um, get that any better? A little bit. I'll strum it. A little bit. Am I going to do this acapella? No, we can we can hear it. It's just not. It's it's. All right, here we go. To and from my Switzerland. Pleated skirt and heart in hand, never knowing where I stand. The middle child, the family plan. 
airplane laps and laps and laps in Switzerland. Dearest picture on the wall, they said we won't be here for long. I guess I knew it all along. Another spring, another fall. And Mama says I'm growing tall in Switzerland. Will you remember me? Will you remember me? Will you remember me? Will you remember me? Still can't hear the guitar at all. No. It, it um, key, if it, yeah, and even your vocal when you turn away from the from the. So this is basically a disaster. No, it's not a disaster. It sounds absolutely beautiful, but well, your I mean, audio I, your audio went out when you turned your head, and I was like, "Oh, should I tell her? No, I don't yes. want to tell her." No, do you missed the whole thing, and especially those important moments. No, and it was such a good no. performance. No, it was perfect. Damn, it was my bad. <laughs> I think we won't the be the best time you've singing. ever done this song. Ooh, oh, you know, Zoom is such it. a pain in the ass. I don't know what it is with the settings that has to be so that we can hear this loud and clear because yeah. I know all it's right, possible to do it. it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, don't know. So, all right. So, tell us how how did you pick this collection of standards that you did in in Truly? What made you choose? I mean, Moonlight and Vermont. You know, it's like an interesting choice. I know. Uh, you know, uh, growing up in Switzerland, there are songs that my father um, mm. would play and sing uh, for us in the car. Um, I like the likes of you. You know, mm. you probably can't hear that either, can you? No, I can hear that perfectly. Oh. <laughs> I heard that perfectly. How about the guitar? Did you hear that part? No. Oh, because I was playing it really well. Oh, no, I wasn't. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, but I did Moonlight in Vermont because I listened to Frank Sinatra, you know, mm -hmm. and and um, all of those old standards and you go to my head and, um, you know, and I had a, a wonderful group of musicians that accompanied me and we did it at uh, a wonderful studio. All right. I'm just going to name drop. So the studio oh, and yeah. the engineer um, it was Bob Clearmountain who does the Stones and he did David Bowie, Tom Petty, mm. uh, you know, just to name a few. So he said, and, uh, you know, when he heard the music and I've got to, I've got to engineer this and he did and, and mixed it. And a really stellar group of uh, musicians, Lyle Workman, who played with Beck and wonderful mm. uh, and uh, uh, Victor Andrizo, who is uh, Alanis Morissette's uh drummer um and also i co-produced it with matt rawlings and matt rawlings is well known for his work with lyle lovett and he's the piano player as well and he's done mary chapin carpenter and all of that and 
Um, I have to say it's an all live album. We did it, you know, in wow. five days and it was so fun and wonderful. So it, it's, yeah. So I'm, I'm quite proud of it. Okay. Enough. Now let's talk about. Okay. So now this concert at Carnegie Hall, are you going to be doing from everything? Are you going to do just the new stuff? What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to do kind of a, uh, a potpourri of of uh, my early stuff, my songs I also love as covers. Um, I'm doing some that people may not even really know. There's oh. there is a, a wonderful uh, Bruce Co- Coburn or Cockburn song that I love that I'm doing. Uh, there's a um, I'm going to be doing Don McLean's Empty Chairs and also fabulous, uh, yeah, and and then some songs that uh, from Truly from Girl and the Cat from all my other albums and um, yeah, it's a two hour. I mean, it's a forty five minute, then an intermission, and then another forty five minutes. Nice, but here's the tricky part because it's just us because it's just you because it's just us girls. Yeah. So in searching for something to wear, here's the thing. I have to find something that looks good from the side because right. the piano looks good from the front standing up and looks good sitting down without the guitar and with the guitar. Wow. And I'm telling you, I cannot find anything that that hits all three. Except you know, I, this is interesting, Lori, because I've been looking and I'm wearing this shirt with things going on and it's the wrong kind of thing because it's not sitting well you know it's it's bunching and I'm thinking and I was thinking and now that you said that I'm thinking like what's the thing that you can wear and so I'm thinking well what you're wearing I is not on you're you're perfectly svelte and it's all going but I'm thinking that you wear but that you wear something that is flowing like a one p like something that doesn't break so you want something that's okay when I'm standing and with a guitar. Great. What about, what about from the side at the piano? What about all that stuff? I'm sorry. This is a, uh, this is not good. Then you wear a Spanx and you still wear the one piece. All- Between <laughs> you can't- the juice cleanse and the Spanx. Now somebody else wrote Spanx. Tony myself. wrote Spanx. You, you know, the thing about Spanx well, is no, be- you couldn't possibly wear a Spanx because you cannot be your best, per- give your best performance at a Spanx. Do not wear a Spanx. Belt. Absolutely no. not. Do not wear a Spanx. Elastic waisted, whatever, and an overflowing shirt over it. But you know, you got to be careful about that. Though. Sit down and then it all starts to do this weird stuff. Something. It is hard. But I guess if you wear something drapey and um, flowy, yeah, you got to be Stevie Nixie. <laughs> Drapey, flowy, and all the seven dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I've got to be Stephen, Stevie Nixie. But that is kind of challenging to have something that's going to look good in it's all really of those true. different. It is. Um, it, is. It, it is. But um, I'll take your advice. I'll go shopping. I do this. I drag Joe. Joe is the great stylist. He and you know what? Do it. Sit down in the dressing room. You know, stand up, turn to the side, do all of the things. Because, you know, I didn't sit down when I put the shirt on. I'm like, what am I wearing this sitting down? This is horrible. You know, it's a cute shirt. But no, it's terrible because it's 
it's been bunching up and doing all, this is not good don't wear this don't <laughs> this is free people don't wear this <laughs> so toba just wrote wear a bikini and make carnegie hall history oh, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> you know you can't go you can never go wrong in black but you know I was looking at pictures of us over the years and both of us yeah. wore a lot of black and a lot of black yeah. and white. And yeah. uh, you added, some, you've got some blue, it looks like going on there yeah. today. Yeah, and this is great. Yeah. You probably can't tell. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking. I'll be, yeah. You'll uh, find the, you'll find the perfect thing. I will, I will. You will. I just am still blown away that this about this juice cleanse you're doing. I'm tell it's this one is called press and you go right to the store and you buy it on the spot. Don't what go store? online and, and have them send the frozen ones. Like what, what store? Like it's called what? pressed. Oh, and there oh, are stores so all over the place. Okay. And you go in and they have um, a five day, a three day, a blah, 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 blah. And number two of the four of the three days is the best one I found. Okay. And um, I'm telling you, Lori, it's easy. Even he found it. It's easy. Well, yeah, it's easy. I mean, you know, you just open the refrigerator and, and, and no, but I mean, it's not, it, it, don't feel I like to chew cares. and I like to eat and I'm not struggling. What about I'm coffee? not struggling. Coffee. I cheat. I have coffee in the morning with my, piece my sugar-free, I don't have the piece of toast, but I have my sugar-free hazelnut uh, creamer in it. Oh, and I have two of those nice and i'm like i don't care too bad i'm doing it yeah i know i would do that too <laughs> and i'm still losing you know i still losing so weight great it, it works and it just you know i find it's just a jump start to feel better and to yeah. Yeah. you know gives you a little confidence when you lose a few pounds fast you know yeah no kidding okay but that's good i'll do that i'll do that. um Lori, I love you so much. And it's been too. so good to I'm check so back so in and see you. Vicky, I love you so much. Thank you so much for, you know, including me and your wonderful. In oh, your please. Program. Audience, I'm sorry if I just nah. turned sideways and you couldn't hear me. I'm sorry <laughs> I talked about a bunch of nonsense. but No, you were I'm wonderful. And so, okay, if you're in New York or in the tri-state area or going to be, or no there is a link in the, there will be a link in the liner notes of the show to get a 30% discount to go to Carnegie Hall on December 10th. It's at 2 p.m. And you can do that. There's also a link to Lori's website so you can get the new music, which is fantastic. I just, um, I've been listening to you, you know, for days and days and just loving it. Um, everybody's thanking you so much and saying how much they love you. So oh, thank you, people. Thank you. I um, have a wonderful trip. You're going to look gorgeous. I I, I will be, uh, is Joe going to do some videotape? Will we see some of this performance? Yeah, yeah you'll see stuff. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thank, you. thank I you. I love you so much. And, and I love you too. You. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you.